Welcome to Camp Owen Joe. We hope that you are hanging out with 1010XL as often as you can, checking out all of our podcasts. I'm Joe C. from XL Primetime. It's Coach Dave Campo, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys, an assistant here in Jacksonville and all over the National Football League for a number of years, and it's great to get back together. You and I have been waiting to see if a head coach was going to be hired. We had to end our strike. We had to come back and start talking about what hasn't happened yet. Yeah, we had a few weeks there where we really didn't have much to talk about. Now it's getting down to where it has to be done. Yeah. There's no question about it. And uh, I think it's imminent that it's going to be done uh, quickly now. All right, so let's get into this as much as we can, uh, but uh, we appreciate if you download your podcast, look for Campo and Joe, and we'll try and crank out as many of these as we can going forward, because we got to get ready for free agency, we got to get ready for the draft, all that type of stuff. But let's just set this up, because we're going to spend uh, probably most of this podcast on what hasn't happened. And it's frustrating for fans, it's, it's just driving a lot of people crazy, so you are a guy that has been hired. You've been on staffs. You know how important it is to not have any downtime. What are you thinking in these days and weeks that have passed by? Well, you know, I'm like everybody else. I mean, I'm a little frustrated. I'm a little, you know, being a Jaguar fan, mm-hmm. you know, I'm frustrated uh, that things haven't moved quicker. Sometimes they don't move extremely fast. But in this one, when you're talking about the number of days between the time that the season ended and where we're at, and especially with water going over the dam yeah. with a lot of coaches, uh, it's become frustrating, to be perfectly honest with you. See, I think that's the thing that gets uh, a lot of people. And uh, one of the Jaguar bloggers, and I, I want to make sure that I ha- have it right, because I just barely looked at it, Demetrius Harvey, he's a great dude. Uh, and he makes the point, and I totally agree with this, that he gets the feeling that if Doug Peterson would have been hired in the very beginning of this hiring cycle, there would have been an excitement level that would have come along with it. Yet here we are. Everyone's sitting there trying to figure out what is going on. Why can't you hire a guy? We're going to get to that in a second. But do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I you know, to me, uh, you know, we were talking about a a coach that that took a team to the Super Bowl and he has a Super Bowl win and won it, and especially with uh, not uh, a number one quarterback, yeah. so to speak. Uh, there's excitement in that, and uh, you know, one of the things that Doug Peterson brings to the table, in my mind, is the experience level. He was my number one choice from the mm-hmm. very beginning yeah. because I feel that this organization with the number of years that they've struggled, they need, they need some, some normalcy. They need some, somebody that's a, an organizer that's done it before. And, uh, you know, he brings that to the table. And now that it's come back around, I'm actually happy with that but during that period of time, if he had been hired early, if mm-hmm. he's the guy that's it's going to be the guy, right. uh, there would have maybe been a better staff situation because in the National Football League, you know, guys go and you just don't pull a guy off another staff. It has to be either a, a, a chance of him upgrading what he's doing mm-hmm. or a lot of times you end up with guys that are just out there, and maybe that's not the best situation. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, You and I both were on the same page with Doug Peterson, especially when you're trying to weigh all the things that this team needs, and they need organization, and they need an offensive mind to to basically take the best piece of clay they've got, which is Trevor Lawrence, and do something with him. So I think you and I agree 100% there, but expand that thought on that coaching staff and how critical it is right now because you're losing every single day an opportunity to hire a guy. I use the example, my uh, my buddies at American Electrical, 
well, they want to look for trained master electricians. Well, someone can leave one job and come over as a master electrician. In the NFL, you can't just leave and take that same job. So expand on that. Exactly. Uh, when you're under contract in the National Football League, it has to be a promotion for you to make the move. That's why all these different titles came into being. Mm -hmm. It used to be just you were either a coordinator, you were the secondary coach, right. you were the linebacker coach. Now there's passing game coordinators, and that's how they got a secondary coach that they wanted from another team. They mm -hmm. named him secondary coach and passing game gotcha. coordinator on yeah, defense. The, the title. So the titles are important. And so if if you don't have those uh, titles out there, or mm -hmm. you can't just pull a guy from another staff. And unfortunately, when you, in this situation, where there were nine jobs, I believe, mm -hmm. out there, yeah. Every time one of those jobs goes, a guy is being upgraded from a position coach to a coordinator. Well, those same guys, the, the first guys that were picked as head coaches, mm -hmm. had their pick of a lot of those guys. A lot of those guys are gone right now. Yeah, and that's, that's it, the issue. It ticks you off. Uh, just as a couple of examples. Now, first off, more than 50% of the coaching vacancies have been filled, as you and I are doing our podcast. That's awful. Because Jacksonville was first in line, not counting Las Vegas, which now still is had had a head coaching change. But Jacksonville was the first in line when they fired Urban Meyer. You can't have every single person pass you in line, and you're still waiting to check out. And they're already out, you know, going and having fun. That's what's happened with Jacksonville. They've been passed by the Bears. Have not only hired a head coach, they hired a GM and hired a head coach. The Vikings look like they're going to do the same with Kevin O'Connell. They've already hired a GM. You go out to the Denver Broncos. They have hired their head coach. The uh, Giants have hired a GM and a head coach. And we're looking at a total of five that have hired their guy and Josh McDaniels being out there in Las Vegas now. That is embarrassing, coach. This is one particular job and goal for one staff to do? How come they could not get this done in the time that all these others have been filled? Well, I think the one thing uh, Mr. Khan was going to do was he had it in his mind, number one, that he was going to do a thorough mm -hmm. search. And in, obviously in his mind, he was not concerned necessarily how quickly it was done, but he's made some mistakes in his mind and in the, yeah. in the community's mind. He wanted to make sure that he gave a, a full situation mm -hmm. with the guys that he he looked at. Mm -hmm. And so that was okay. But then there was some time in there where a decision could have been made. Now, what's the reason it wasn't made? Is it the general manager and Trent Balky? Mm -hmm. Was it uh, someone trying to tell him how he was going to do his uh, organization? Right. There were there are a lot of different reasons for not doing it, but unfortunately, it's gone too long. That's mm -hmm. the problem, and there's too many people going, you know, over the over the hill. Now, expand the story that you told us earlier on XL Primetime. Byron Leftwich, at the very least, it's reported. Uh, Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times, does a really good job. He's not throwing stuff out there uh, that is uh, either you know half baked factually. He's putting some real information out there. Bottom line is. Rick Stroud believes the job was offered to Byron Leftwich. Then maybe, and this is where we are guessing, maybe a power play took place. Leftwich said, I'll take this job, but I want X, X, and X. 
maybe not such a good idea for a first-time guy getting a gig. Right, and and there's too many rumors out there about not only Leftwich, but some other people mm -hmm. questioning whether or not they could, wanted to take the job with with Trent Baalke there. Mm -hmm. uh, the reputation is not that good. And I, and, and I know Trent, but I don't know him well enough to say, hey, this guy right. is just bad news. It's only what I hear. And I'm sure everybody's hearing the same things and maybe some know him better than others. The problem is, and I worked with, obviously, with Jerry Jones. And Jerry Jones, to me, uh, the one thing that he's very loyal Number one. That's a plus. But number two, no one was going to tell him. If somebody told him, you need to do this, he's going to do everything in his power to prove them wrong and that he's not going to do this. Many times mm -hmm. people have said, you need to resign as the general manager. <laughs> no and way. he's come out and said, I'm not resigning. I'm the owner. I'm the owner's general manager, yeah, yeah. and I'm going to do this or that. I'm Jerry Flippin' Jones. Yeah, yeah. and it, he bows up. Yeah. Well, that could be a situation with, with Shad as well, mm -hmm. because, you know, maybe when Byron came in, here's a first-year head coach, number one, which is you don't know. Right, right. Number two, he's only been coaching for a small amount of time mm -hmm. and really only has Tom Brady in reality, on his resume. True. And he's going to come in and tell me, an $8 billion owner, that I need to get rid of this guy and that guy, and I'm not taking a job unless this happens. There's there's an issue with that, possibly, right. with, with Mr. Khan. Yeah. And also, I also look at it, one of the concerns I had with Byron, I love Byron. Mm -hmm. Byron's smart. He and knows by the football. Way, you were here when Byron was here, so you know Byron Levwich well. I know him extremely well. I had a charity golf tournament for many years in the state of Connecticut, and Byron came back two of the years to be my uh, pro connection to That's get nice. people to the charity. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time with Byron, mm -hmm. and, and he is smart. He's, he's very disciplined in what he does. He knows football. He mm -hmm. knows the game. Mm -hmm. So it's not a surprise to me that he's been successful at what he's doing. Right. But at the same time, one of the concerns I had was he's only been dealing with players as a coach for five years. Now, maybe that's good enough. You know, maybe he, because he was an ex-player and he is has all those other qualities right. that he can relate and know, you know, it may be a different time now. So, you know, my whole thing is that in itself might be the reason. He might have said, look, I, I don't feel that I'm ready to take on this thing with a GM that I'm worried about. Right, right. I think it's fair. I think it's a great point that you make. It can become a power struggle if someone that you're about to offer a job to, and again, we're just we're putting a hypothesis together here, all right, Byron, I want you to take this job. I like you. I like what I'm hearing from you. I want you to be the head coach. Here's the offer. You slide it across the table. He takes a look at it. It comes back and it says, okay, I'll take it, but I want this on top of it. And that's at times can be perceived as a little bit of a power play. I say, first off, if that's the way it played out, congrats to Byron Leftwich for having the stones to say this is, this is like you just described, the best way I can be successful. But then Khan... Well, Start and thinking. and and to to bring that a little further, uh, 
he has a power agent yes. in Sexton. Yeah, Jimmy Sexton. Now, I don't think that Byron put the thing back to Con and said, I'm not coming unless this happens. Right. But I guarantee you that Sexton did if that's what the feeling was mm -hmm. in the room yeah. and what was going to happen. And I'm sure that he did a, This is, you know, everybody's worried. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Dalkey, yeah. I guarantee you, Sexton knows whether he was going to be there or not be there when that offer was made. Yeah, that's a fair point. So now let's circle back because that piece of news right there, and again, it's just a guess, but that that the way that it could have played out. So now we come back to Doug Peterson, does and the possibility of Rick Spielman being given a front office position. Just a hunch. Does that mean that Trent Balky will be? Pulled out of the power chain, Rick Spielman put in there, executive vice president, and Doug Peterson. Play the uh, percentages of that happening. Well, uh, percentage-wise, I think th that his role will be diminished. Mm -hmm. I think his role right now was to gather information yeah, I agree. with uh, Mr. Khan and, and Tony Khan, mm -hmm. who, you know, uh, his son. It's Tony, mm -hmm. yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, gather information, know the right questions to ask. Because I don't think Shad really knows the right, you know, and kind of uh, with experience, see whether or not the guy, what he brings to the table. Mm -hmm. And when a new coach comes in as late as it is right now, right. The, the, the scouting department has to be run. Somebody has to run the scouting department. And that's the, that group of scouts that the Jaguars have are going to be there probably the majority of them with the new coach coming in because okay. you don't have time to redo the entire operation. True. Yeah. So he brings continuity at least mm -hmm. to that so that things could get done while this whole process is going on. Now, when I heard the word Spielman, that changes the narrative for me. That's where Doug Peterson comes back into the picture, mm -hmm. you know, because there's some familiarity there, sure. number one, sure. between the two of them. And number two, they're at the point where they have lost some people that they oh, yeah. kind of targeted, and it's time to go with with a guy that gives them a chance to have some positiveness going on in the program. Yeah, they need to save face. They really do. Shad needs to save face. And I'm thinking about this this week. Nobody could be more embarrassed than Shad Khan when it came to how the last year we can call it eleven months, thirteen games, however you want to describe it. No one can be more embarrassed. He's the one who I think fell in love, football, football love. He fell in football love with Urban Meyer from afar, even going back to when he was at Illinois and Urban was at Ohio State. And you and you and I talked about this. He wanted that guy to save his franchise. So he goes out and he makes the hire. We all know what happened after that. It didn't work. And so after that, you made a big power play. Now you're embarrassed. Right. You have to be more determined than ever to get it right. So I fight with the idea, does he surrender this critical decision for the fran franchise and put it back in Trent Baalke's hands, or does he fully realize that he's got to make this decision himself personally and make a good decision? That's a, that's a $100,000 oh question right there. I, you know, at this point, I don't know. I think when Spielman came into the picture, that's in a way changing the narrative yeah. on what's going to happen. And and listen, I can see how Urban Meyer happened mm -hmm. with a with a owner sure. that's that's hasn't really he's not a 
He's not a hands-on owner like mm-hmm. Jerry is, right. for example. Right. Well, when Jerry took the job in Dallas, Jerry Jones, he wasn't a hands-on owner because he wasn't an owner. Mm-hmm. And he would have hired and given Jimmy Johnson 10, 20-year contract. Right. Because that's who he put his target on. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that didn't think Jimmy Johnson was the right guy for the job. Came in. It worked out. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out with Urban. And now, you know, Shot is exactly what you said. He's got to make the right decision. Oh, yeah. yeah, he really does. But I do think the time that's lost with getting quality assistance, because we uh, batted around the ideas of a Matt Kafka, a Ken Dorsey, some of these types of uh, quarterback coaches or guys that you thought could come in and really work well. And Kafka and Doug Peterson would have lined up beautifully because of their Andy Reid uh, coaching lineage. Well, now Kafka's been hired by another staff, and so that that hurts. All right, so as we wrap up this, now let's go to the Senior Bowl and what can this football team do at the Senior Bowl without a staff to make sure that they get something good out of this? Well, the problem that you find when you have a new staff, new uh, regime mm-hmm. coming in, is uh, and Spielman kind of went on a – tirade on Zimmer, mm-hmm. you know, after the firing. Did you see the social media on that? Yeah, yeah. And and he went on a tirade basically that there were so many changes in what Zimmer wanted to do offensively uh-huh. that they couldn't scout and draft to put the team together. Right. That was that was his whole beef. Mm-hmm. You know, there were four different quarter four or five different quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Well you have the same situation here in a way at the at the senior bowl because this scouting staff and I, and the whole scouting staff I'd be willing to bet a hundred thousand dollars that they're mm-hmm. all at the senior bowl right okay. because they're going to be here so the scouting staff is there but the scouting staff doesn't really know what the next they got rid of the defense coordinator in Cullen mm-hmm. and there's a going to be a new offensive coordinator one way or another right so they don't know really what to draft to so what's happening at the senior bowl right now is they're just making reports based on what they see. Mm-hmm. And that's the best you can do. All you can do. You know, do. they're going to put the, the report on the table, and then a second go-round mm-hmm. is going to happen when the new coach comes in. Okay. They're going to meet, and they're going to say, okay, here's what I'm looking for. Which of these guys do you feel fit into that? And then they start watching more film and go that way. I thought over, the, say, the last 21 days, they had a chance to salvage this and get back in line and kind of get everything that they needed to, to, to have done and basically be on everyone else's timeline, even well, footing. You do know, though, that there are some staffs in the NFL, and I can't tell you which ones, mm-hmm. uh, some head coaches that don't, don't send their coaches, for example, okay, yeah, to the Senior the, Bowl. Right. Well, I love to go into the Senior Bowl. We never stayed for the game. Mm-hmm. We went down there for the three days that they were going to be in pads. Yeah, that could. So that you watch him individually. And as a de- defensive backfield guy, I like to see that cl- mm-hmm. close and personal. They're missing that right now mm-hmm. because I bo- I don't believe any of the coaches would be at the no, senior bowl. No, I don't think so. And they may end up being retained, but we'll find out. They don't even know they're in limbo right now. Correct. But at the very least, you could see, and you guys did more scouting back then as a coaching yes. staff compared yes. to what what's going on now. By the way. Uh, Mike Zimmer's uh, supermodel girlfriend. She's easy on the ice, coach. But she was going after Rick Spielman a little bit. She said, what about the GM having a relationship with the organization? Not talking to your coach for three months? 
That's scandalous. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, uh, she's Zimmer's mouthpiece. <laughs> you know, the difference is Spielman went on the uh, spin mode. Yeah. And Zimmer's girlfriend went on the spin <laughs> mode for Zimmer. So it, it's a it's a, a take two there to, to tango. Yeah. So we'll find out because I don't I, I don't like the idea of another guy coming in that might have you know, these, these like Balky is being accused of being, you know, kind of talking behind his back and yeah, all this kind of stuff. Exactly. I don't want that. And exactly. I, do, I do think that Rick, Rick Spielman's record from a draft position point of view is pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. Yeah. Uh, one quick story. We already know that they have acquired good talent. They got Justin Jefferson, Dalvin right. Cook. We can go down the line. Danelle Hunter, a really a lot of good players. But also Doug Peterson, the story goes, and I, there, there's, G. Marsh probably can find this on social media, but there's some um, little meme or GIF or whatever out there where Doug Peterson and the Philadelphia Eagles are jumping at the idea of drafting Jalen Rager. Okay. They draft Jalen Rager, and the Minnesota Vikings and Rick Spielman are shown laughing at them making that decision while they make the quality decision and go and get Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And, and, you know, that happens. I mean, you know, it's all. You know, when you talk about the draft board, which I'm sure we will do going forward, yeah. uh, you know, w w one person's draft board is different than another person's draft true, board. True, It's subjective. Everything is subjective. Now, you try to gather as much information as you can about a guy and whether he fits that. And that's kind of what I'm saying, whether he fits the narrative that right. you're putting out there mm -hmm. as a coach, one, you know, system, whatever it is the type of guy you want in the locker room, though all those things. And it might be different between one and the other. And mm -hmm. that's why you kind of want a general manager that you are kind of on the same page if you're going to put the right product yeah. on the field. Pull it all together. All right, we are out, Mars. What do you think about that one? Were they also laughing at the Caleb on chase on pick right before that? They had theirs? to have been. <laughs> they had to have been. They were like, oh, no, but Jacksonville might take Jet. No, no, they won't. No, they won't. <laughs> They're going to take his teammate that's not any good, Calevon Chazon. And why did they take Calevon? Because he flashed in one game, just happened to be in that big game against uh, Trevor Lawrence and company. The, we'll the, on that. the rumors on Chazon is with, with the way their board was set yeah. up, if Henderson had been gone mm -hmm. at nine, they would have taken him. They would have taken Chazon at nine. All right, so Marsh leads me to one more thing before we get out of here. Dave Caldwell said there were four guys that he had on his board that he had been salivating over the idea of drafting. And it was CJ, Kay Levon, and it was Visca among his four. As regarding Visca as a top 10 talent, not a good evaluator talent. Yeah. I, not and, a good evaluator. And, and I'll be honest with you, I thought they got a steal with Visca in a second, you yeah. know, the where they took him. Right. Because I could see an upside to him yeah, that hasn't all, happened. So no. that's my whole point. My whole mm -hmm. point is that's not a very good evaluating situation. But on my part, I would have said, okay, a second round pick on him is a good pick. Yeah. It hasn't, it's subjective. You know, it's all, it's all out it, there, you know, whether or not you like him or you don't like yeah, him. Yeah. Okay. It's subjective, but it's also what you do with him once you get him. I'm going to give you oh, one more. Oh, I'm absolutely. Gonna, I'm going to give you one more example that you raved about because you were in Pac-12 country with USC. You raved about Michael Pittman Jr. Absolutely. and Visca Chenault. And guess what? Michael Pittman's become a player. Why? 
better coaching situation. Absolutely. And 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 plus the fact, though, that I was right there with him. Mm -hmm. And True. that makes a difference. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because Drake London mm -hmm. comes out this year. And let me tell you something. Drake London is a special cat. Yeah. Where and, Where is yeah. Drake so London among these receivers this year? You know what? I haven't looked at enough, but I'm going to tell you he's a first-round pick. Yeah. I promise you that. You got, now, whether or not he's, I'm, he's in that top five range as far as the absolutely. wide receiver. What I'm nervous so. about with the Jags having the first pick and then obviously 33 is there's a really good slew of receivers. And they're all going to go in the first round. Yeah. Okay. But as as we wrap this up, one of the worst things can happen is you you go under that idea that you got to grab one. The last wide receiver the Jags took was Justin Blackman in 2012, and it was a disaster. And then if you take a look at how many first round draft picks that have panned out at the receiver position over time, there aren't enough of them. There aren't enough of them. And even though this team probably needs it. They better be very, very careful because there are only so many Justin Jeffersons and Jamar Chases. Sitting yeah, out you there. just really go. I'm a firm believer, and you go with the best available, you know, on the board mm -hmm. when you pick. Yeah, and so it's not reaching for somebody because you think he's right. Uh, you know, if you have him slotted, that's who you take. Yeah. So maybe at 33, we'll see, but it can't yeah. be at number one. Right. We got plenty of time to do that. Kayvon Thibodeau, hello. We'll find out who it is coming up. We are done. Campo and Joe, we appreciate all y'all listening. Appreciate all y'all tuning in, either Facebook or on our 1010XL YouTube channel. Joe C., noon to three weekdays on XL Primetime, and Coach Dave Campo. Have a great one, Coach. Thank you. You as well. Chief as well.